church just to acknowledge everyone here you are all looking colorful and bright praise the lord hallelujah how many of us believe that our god loves variety amen amen god indeed takes glory in our differences hallelujah amen amen quickly just open your bibles with me even as we begin to go to the word of god this morning i'll be reading from the book of first corinthians chapter 3 and from verses 1 to 9 First Corinthians chapter 3, I'll be reading from verses 1 to 9. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, if you're there with me in our usual manner, let's read one to go. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to the world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Does that not prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like the people of the world? When one of you say, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, Aren't you acting just like the people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of you did the work that the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it to grow. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What is important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll be very quick this morning. The title of my sermon is Different People, Same Mission, Same God. Hallelujah. Different people, same mission, same God. As we all are aware today, every time in the year, around November time, we get to celebrate different cultures, different people from different tribes, different tongues, just to acknowledge our differences amongst us. But yet, we have the same mission. And we are all created by the same God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, when I was in secondary school, um, one of those times we were having a science class. And I, I, and I would never forget that, you know, our teacher at the time said to us, began to define what a system was. Praise the Lord. And I recall there, and he said that, you know, a system is working together of various parts of a mechanism or interconnected network to achieve a defined objective. Praise the Lord. So in other words, you have your digestive system. In other words, these are all the elements in your stomach working together to ensure that food 
are broken down into such a way that your body is able to what maximize the nutrients that your body is generating or your, your, your body has taken praise the name of the lord hallelujah but according to wikipedia it goes ahead to say that you know a system is a group of interacting or interrelated elements that act according to a set of rules to form a unified whole in other words if anything is outside that unified system it is not part of the system and it would never work praise the name of the lord hallelujah and so we begin to understand here that when paul was writing to the church in corinth he was beginning to highlight unto them a certain principle because some of the people in the church were saying that you know i don't longer belong to these people i'm of paul and some said i'm apollos but paul was quick to reprimand them and to make them understand that he that plants and he that waters has nothing to do with it because it is possible for someone to plant and for someone to water and yet it will not grow praise the name of the lord so in other words the most significant aspect of all these activities is that despite all that is done that we are asking the lord to grow us praise the name of the lord okay and so you begin to understand that when it comes to the aspect of the system that for every system to function the essence of it to function is that what it must bring about growth and development as a matter of fact it is evident in god's mind because when you look at creation praise the lord i said here that you know that it is evident in the mind of god as it relates to the collective or common goal of humanity that has always been the growth and advancement of his people in other words when all things are working together the chief purpose of that working together is that it brings about growth and advancement and I said that this growth includes growth in our knowledge and relationship with God and growth and advancement in the accomplishment of our unique assignments for each of his creation. Praise the Lord. And so we begin to look at the aspect of growth because all this ties into what I'm going to be sharing this morning. And I said here that growth is the proof of life. Praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, someone was bold enough to say that when you are not growing, you are equivalent to what? Dying. Praise the Lord. For many of us who are conversant with agriculture, yes, you might cut a plant out of the, the root of it. But over time, you begin to understand that what? It begins to decay. And so that goes to show that indeed that every time there is life, it's a validation that God is present in that particular place. Praise God. Why? Because wherever God shows up, life is evident. That's why when you hear the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11, the Bible tells us that what Lazarus was dead for four days. But Jesus, who we are told in John chapter 1, that, what, that he is life. Praise God. And in him was the light of men. So therefore, when life came into that vicinity, everything dead had to wake up. Praise God. That is who God is. And so when there is life in anything, is a proof that God is still at work. Praise God. So perhaps anybody is feeling depressed here or feeling oppressed or feeling worthless. So long as there is life in you, it's a proof that God is not finished yet. Praise the Lord. That so long as there is life in you, God is not done with you yet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I said here that growth guarantees the fulfillment of essence or purpose. Because until you grow, you would never become what you are truly destined to be. 
Can you imagine if you were nine months for the rest of your life? Praise God. That means there are certain things that you are supposed to that you won't be doing. And so when Paul came to the church, he said that I'm supposed to be teaching you deeper things in God, but you are not ready yet. And so you realize that it's not that God was not willing to walk, but the church was not ready. Isn't that the same with you and I? That we are asking God for certain things, but God is saying that what? You need to grow. Because until you are able to grow, you cannot walk into the destiny that are fulfilled for you. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I said that what? This is evident in creation. And so, just to have some... Just to see what the Bible says here. Genesis chapter 1 verse 11. Genesis 1 verse 11 from 13. I'll read the message translation. And it says that God spoke and said, Earth, green up, grow all varieties of seed. This was God's command to the earth. Saying that what? You must grow up. Why? Because it says every sort of fruit bearing tree. And there, and there it was. The earth produced seed bearing plants all varieties and the fruit bearing trees of all sorts god saw that it was good and it was evening and it was morning and that was all that happened on the third day praise the lord the essence of what i'm trying to capture here is this that god expects anything that there is life to grow praise the lord and you begin to see it here you know and so we begin to take for example the corinthian church the Corinthian church, the reason why Paul was so hard on the Corinthian church was because church, Paul rather, had planted a church. And when he had feedback on the church that he had planted, there were several things going on in the church. In the church, there was a case of a man sleeping with his father's wife. Praise God. So I want to believe it was a stepmother. In that same church, there was envy and strife. And for someone who has built something or has laid a foundation. He was so upset that I expected you guys to have advanced way beyond all these things. So you see that the church was a church in crisis. The church was very divided because they were not willing to accomplish what God had in store for them. Some were saying that I'm a Paul, some were saying I'm a Paul, some were saying that I'm a Jew, and some were saying I'm a Gentile. But all those things, they never mattered in the grand scheme of things that God was trying to accomplish. In other words, Paul was saying that what the church was a childish and a carnal church. And the question I want to ask today is, has the church changed from the days of the Corinthian church? Praise the Lord. Because very much in our church, not necessarily place of victory, so you don't have to check yourselves. But the reality of it is that there's still envy and strife amongst us. Praise God. There is still jealousy amongst us. And Paul is saying that what? All these things ought not to be so. You know, there was a, there was a time in the past, something went on in the church here. And, you know, there was a bit of misunderstanding or whatever it is. And for the first time in my life, you know, someone was telling me what somebody else was saying. I was saying, oh, you so yeah okay so rather the lady was saying oh but you know all these things you're doing is not good and the lady who was telling the person was saying oh so you have joined the yoruba people have and for me for the very first time i never ever saw tribe i just saw people who are in church and so i was wondering how low can you be 
that you have descended to the point of even trying to create a division in the church on account of tribe. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the reality of it is that even as we are celebrating International Sunday, where we are celebrating people from different nations, different tribes, different gender, different cultures, we must begin to understand what is God's mind concerning his church. Praise the Lord. Because the reality of it is that you and I make up that body. And so therefore, if that is the case, then there is a role for me to play as a church and there is a role for you to play as a church. Why? Because collectively as a system, we make up the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. Am I making sense? Hallelujah. And so Paul here begins to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, as he began to recommend the path that the church should take. And it says in the verse chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, from verse 10, it says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, that by, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, sorry, for those of us who are writing, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, from verses 10 to 12. And it says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, that by authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we what must live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind and united in thought and in purpose. Praise God. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about the quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. And others are saying that I follow Apollos or I follow Peter or I follow only Christ. All these things need not be or ought not to be so in the body of Christ. There is no need for us to begin to see ourselves based on gender divides or based on tribalistic lines or based on career paths. All these things not to be so because in the body of Christ, nobody is higher than the other. We are all part of one body. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so you begin to understand that if that is going to be the case, then as a church, you and I must what? Fight for the unity of the church. Praise the Lord. And so here we begin to understand why is unity important? Number one, unity is important because it is the utmost desire of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. It is the utmost desire of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you read the Bible in the book of John chapter 17 verse 21, when Jesus was leaving the earth, he was telling the Father, and he said, Father, I do not pray for them who I, I do not pray for these ones, but also for them who are going to come after them, that they may be one as you and I are one. Praise God. In other words, because except they are one, only by their oneness will the world know that they are mine. Praise God. So in other words, for us as a church, the only proof that we are Christians is that what you and I are united. Praise the Lord. The only way you are going to convince the world that we are of a different breed is that what you and I are united. As a matter of fact, Paul was saying in the passage that we read earlier on, he's saying that there are divisions among you. However, however, all of you are acting like the people of the world. So if there is division in the world, then it ought not be found in the church. Because darkness has no business with light. Praise the Lord. Number two is that what it serves as a witness to the world. I've said that again, that you know, as a result of our unity, we are showing the world 
of how things should be. Number three is that it reflects the unity of the Godhead. If indeed we claim that the God that we serve is one, in the sense that it is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and if they are united, as is evident in Genesis 1 verse 27, it says, let us make man. Then you and I must have that us mentality. Praise God. That whatever affects one, affects all. If anybody is celebrating, everybody should celebrate. If everybody is weeping, if one person is weeping, all of us must weep. Because what the Bible says in the book of Acts, that they had all things in common. Praise the Lord. They had all things in common. Number four is that what? It is the only way you and I can defeat an enemy. Praise God. Whether you like it or not, there is an enemy. Praise the Lord. When you read the book of John chapter 10 verse 10, the Bible says that what? The thief cometh not to do anything but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Praise God. There is an enemy. That's why you look at the systems of this world. They are fighting against the church. And the only way you and I would make progress as a body, when I mean church, I don't mean place of victory now, because the reality of it is you might find yourself somewhere else tomorrow. Praise God. So if you choose to only be united in place of victory and cause chaos somewhere else, then of what essence is your Christianity? Praise the Lord. Because the reality of it is that what we have an enemy, and that enemy is the devil. Praise God. Whether you like it or not, the systems of this world are fighting against the church. As a matter of fact, you know, a, a friend of mine told me something recently. That, oh, that she went for a concert, a music concert. And they were allowed to gather in their numbers. You know, when it comes to football matches, you can go to the stadium. 60,000 people will pack it out. However, even this year, the reason why we could not have the FOM in London, as we usually do, was that they said that if we're going to have the FOL, then that means everybody must show their proof of being vaccinated. And the question that I want to ask is, for them that went to watch the football match, was everybody vaccinated? Praise the Lord. And so you realize that this system, there is a system fighting against the existence of the church. And until we are united, we cannot, we cannot accomplish God's idea for us. This is why when we come to the place of prayer, that's why even the Bible says in the book of Peter, that when a husband and a wife are fighting or are in disagreement, there is no point praying. Why? Because what God will not hear the prayer. Guess what? When the church is not united, no matter what you pray, God will not hear the prayer. How do you expect to advance against the gates of hell? Praise the Lord. So you understand the need of why you and I must ensure that at every point in time, we are fighting to uphold the unity of the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then the question is, how then can we accomplish unity? Praise God. How can we accomplish unity? Number one is that what you and I must love God. Number two is that what we must love God's people. And finally, we must focus on his mission. I'll just spend a little, a little time to discuss each of these points. We start with the aspect of loving God. What does it truly mean to love God? Praise God. If you have ever been in love before, I don't mean being infatuated by lustful thinking or whatever you see on the eye, but if you truly claim that you love somebody, 
then you will understand that you will do anything possible to please the person in whom you love. Praise the Lord. So look at what Paul was saying here in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, for Christ's love compels us. Praise God. In other words, there are certain things that I would want to do, but because I love God, I choose not to do them. Praise God. Hallelujah. So for instance, I come into a disagreement with someone in church, and normally my natural reaction would be, I mean, to hell with you, what about my business? But the Bible says that what? The love of God compels me. It compels me. I may not like it, but God likes it. And if it pleases God, then my objective is to do that which pleases Him. Praise the name of the Lord. The love of God compels me. Praise God. That must be the watchful thing that we must always be mindful of. What is the love of God compelling you to do? Praise God. Is it to forgive somebody? Is it to reconcile with someone who has offended you? The reality of it is that what? It is in the obedience of that command that you are proving that you love God. Why? Because the Bible said that what Jesus said that if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. Praise God. If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. That is a proof that you love God. And so if I was to ask, do you love God? Many of us will raise our hands, but how many of God's commands do you obey? It's in the obedience of those commands that you are proving your love for God. Praise the Lord. That is why even when Jesus was asking Peter, he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, I love you. I will die for you. But a time came to prove that love and it was shown that indeed he did not love God as he should. Because why? The Holy Spirit, who is the one who enables us to love God as we should, was not yet present in his life. Praise the Lord. Number three, number two rather, is that what? We must love God's people. We must do what? We must love God's people. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 John, if I read the passage here, you know, many times we say, oh, I love God, I love God. But indeed, if you love God, you must what? Love people. Praise the Lord. Apostle John was saying that how can you say that you love God that you have not seen and yet do not love the person that you can see? Praise God. So as a matter of fact, the person sitting next to you is God next to you. Praise God. And so if you're not able to show love to the person next to you, then you do not love God. Praise the Lord. And so in John 13 verse 34 here, it says, A new commandment I give you. It says, Love one another as I have loved you. So also you must love one another. It says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. My brothers and my sisters, whether you like it or not, the world is watching. And they are looking for every reason to say that Christianity is fake. May you not be the reason why they do so. Praise the Lord. The world is watching to give every reason why Jesus is not real. May you and I not be the reason why they will come to that conclusion. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And how are we able to do that? Is that we must realize the fact that we need one another. That's the reality of it. 
that if indeed we are to ensure unity in the body of Christ, then we must come to accept the fact that what we need one another. Praise God. No one is an island. As a matter of fact, you come to realize that what? When the enemy wants to stop growth of anything, his agenda is to do what? Create division. Praise God. And so when you understand that the only reason why the church will not grow is when the church is divided against itself. Many a times we live in a time and age now on the age of social media that's giving everybody a voice. Rightfully so. Everyone should have a voice. But the reality of it is what do you do with your voice? Praise God. Some of us will have disagreements with our friends. The next thing you go on social media to do a post. You don't call the friend's name. But you're throwing shades. Praise God. And yet you say you are a Christian. Praise God. I have a quarrel with you or a, a disagreement. I update my WhatsApp status. I don't say it's you. But you know that I'm talking to you. And yet you say that you are Christians. Yes, you may laugh about all these things. But the reality of it is what somebody is watching. Praise the Lord. Somebody is watching. And the reality of it is that what we must be the light. We must be the light of the world. Yes, we are celebrating that we are different. We are all men and women from all different tribes of the world. However, there is one God. And we must do whatever it takes to bring him honor and glory in all our endeavors. Praise the Lord. Finally, is that what we must focus on the mission that he has given us. What is that mission? It's in Galatians 3 verse 28. The Bible says that what? There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there any male or female. For what? You all are one in Christ. You see, when it says people are united, that does not mean that we agree on everything. That's one thing that we fail to understand. That we are united doesn't mean that I agree with you on everything. But despite our differences, I choose to hold hands with you to accomplish what must be accomplished. Praise God. Many of you work in offices. Praise God. For instance, you have the IT department, the finance department, or whatever it is. I may not like the guy in the IT department. But guess what? For the sake of the organization to keep standing, I must do whatever it takes to keep it going. Praise the Lord. And so when we're talking about unity, we may have our differences. We may not agree on certain things. But let the basis of our agreement be that what? There is one faith. There is one spirit. There is one baptism. And there is one God. Let that be the basis for which you do every single thing. That if anything that will bring glory and honor to God, I'm willing to do it despite our differences. Praise the Lord. That is what it means to be a responsible Christian. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The extent to which you are able to accomplish as a church is dependent on how united you and I are. The Bible said our word that the earth will be filled, will, will be filled with the light of, of the Lord. But who will do that? It's you and I. And we can only accomplish that until what? We are united. Praise the Lord. And so Paul in conclusion now, writing to the Corinthian church in 1st chapter 12, he says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. 
On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, he says, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the past that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but the past should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of the body of Christ. Praise God. Can you imagine that you have headache and your legs you say, you know what, head, remain here, let me go on what I have to do. No. Whatever affects one affects all. The moment you start having that mindset and mentality, then we must begin to take responsibilities to ensure that we are always united. In other words, if I see anybody gossiping about anybody, as a believer, as a lover of God, the Bible said that gossip will not be found amongst you. Praise God. Someone may ask me, what is gossip? If I have to say something that will affect your perception of that person, you are gossiping. Praise God. If what I tell you will affect your disposition towards that person, whether we say, oh, let's pray for Sister this, and you know she's masturbating. Guess what? You are gossiping. Praise God. That is not the biblical thing to do. Praise the Lord. And so for that reason, we must do whatever we must, praise God, to ensure that we are always united. Why? Because what? As the Bible says, there is one that plants, there is one that waters, but God will reward each one according to what they have done. Praise the Lord. And so someone says, church unity only comes through corporate humility. In other words, you are acknowledging your weaknesses and your differences and you're willing to pursue what God has said despite what it may be. And so if it starts, if it does not start with you, then who else will do it? It is God's demand that you and I what? Ensure that we are united in accomplishing his purposes for the church in Jesus' mighty name. Let us bow our heads even as we pray this morning. We have heard certain things that we may not be uncomfortable with, but the Bible makes us fully understand that what the truth of the word of God remains the truth. Therefore, just begin to ask the Lord for grace to obey. Begin to ask the Lord for the grace of obedience. That Lord God in heaven, I ask in the name of Jesus, that Lord, you will grant me the grace to uphold the unity that we desire O God. That, Lord, I will not be the reason why the church of God is brought to mockery. But, Lord, I will be among those who are bringing honor and glory to you. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen.